Views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. It's the Street Smart Spirituality Hour. And although I am street smart and I'm spiritual, I am not Dr. Pat. I'm Karen Hager, and I'll be sitting in for Dr. Pat tonight and on next week's show. It's nice to meet you. Here's a quote that I really love. This is from Marianne Williamson. She says, love is what we were born with. Fear is what we learned here. Love is what we were born with. Fear is what we learned here. I love that quote. It's a great reminder of the divine connection, the the always-on access that we have to love and to wisdom and to spirit. So what would you do if you weren't afraid? Have you ever found yourself hesitating, holding back at just the moment when you knew you should be moving forward? Well, my guest on today's show is author and courage coach Tess Marshall. She believes that we are here on planet Earth to grow in kindness and in love. And in order to do that, we need to let go of fear and take bold action. And Tess knows that doing so impacts every area of your life in a positive way. She's here tonight to share her tools for fearless living and to help you discover your inner courage. Now, I'll introduce you to Test in just a minute. But first, my regular gig is as the host of Out of the Fog Radio and as an intuitive guide who loves to teach people how to access their intuition and move forward on their spiritual journey. You can find out more about all that other stuff that I do, and you can even see a picture of what I look like when they put makeup on me at fogcitypsychic.com. If you are maybe looking for some compassionate, no-nonsense, intuitive guidance, fogcitypsychic.com is where you can poke around and find out whether we might be a good fit for each other. I would love to connect with you when the time is right. And now, Tess Marshall is a fear-shattering risk-taker, an author and a courage coach with a master's degree in counseling psychology. You'll find her books and her new e-course, Take Your Fear and Shove It, (laughs) at her blog, The Bold Life. You can find out a lot more about Tess and her work at theboldlife.com. Tess, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Thanks, Karen, for having me. I'm excited to be here. And you're wondering what I look like with makeup on, aren't you? Secretly. <laughs> no, because 
because I think your picture you have makeup on, but when we Skyped, you didn't have makeup on. Oh, I forgot. That's right. Oh, Tess has Tess has seen something very few people have seen because all my work's on the radio where you don't have to wear makeup and you can maybe wear pajamas, but Tess has seen me over Skype, so you know what I look like without the makeup. Oh, my goodness. You look great either way. Well, bl- bless your heart. I'll let you stay on the show then, and we'll, <laughs> and we'll continue with the interview. How did you come to being... A, a courage coach. Is that what you thought you were going to be when you grew up? Um, no, but I, I, um, I, I'm one of 10 children and I'm six from the top. And wow. when, when people ask me how I got bold, I thought about that. The very first time I was asked in um, it was being one of those, um, siblings because with, with so many siblings and only two parents, you had to fight for what you wanted. You had to fight for your attention even at dinner, even at dinner, if if you didn't take what was passed to you the first time, it wasn't coming around the second time. <laughs> and so I, um, I just learned how to jump right in there and and get my needs met. I was, I, you know, I had that strong personality that was not going to be left behind. And um, I think that's how it started. <laughs> wow! Did you find yourself? Did you kind of? get in the way, help your brothers and sisters when they weren't speaking up for themselves? Um, I don't, I would say no. I would say no because um, we had an 88-acre produce farm and we worked from the time we were five years old and up. Either we were out in the field or at the farmer's market. And so I think we are too busy to stick up for each other and speak for <laughs> each other. <laughs> I know it's kind of crazy. And then I got married when I was 17 and pregnant, and I proceeded to have um, four kids by the time I was 22. Mm. And, you know, so I really dug a deep hole quickly. And I think I was um, determined to make um, my marriage and my my family, little family that I instantly created, the third pregnancy was, was twins. I wanted to make it work. And so I continued fighting for, you know, I, I needed to get what I needed. And so, you know, I was always out there getting what I needed to do because I put myself in a position where I had to grow up quickly. And so that boldness continued. And um, I think when I realized I was bold was um, probably in my late 30s. And for whatever reason, I started getting older friends. And they would say to me, you need to write your stories down. You just have so much courage. And um, and I did what they said. It took me a couple of years, but it's interesting that you should uh, mention Marianne Williamson because the very first time she was on Oprah, I called up my husband and I said, I can't believe that lady on Oprah. I could have written that book because I was already into The Course of Miracles at the same time. You know, he said to me, well, there's nobody stopping you from picking up your pencil. <laughs> Wow. And I would have to say Marianne's book inspired me to write. Mm-hmm. Is, so that's kind of a long an- answer, isn't it? No, it's a very good answer. Long answers are good. It it feels to me like the way that you're defining bold is not letting anything stand in your way. Is that right? How do you define bold? What does that mean to you? I would say... Um, I would say bold is, well, I, I don't think you have to go fly on a trapeze or travel the world to be bold. I think that um, 
bold is anything that you do to overcome your fear. And it can be something as small as maybe you wanted to save money to take a painting class and you um, didn't have the courage to put yourself out there and earn money. And maybe it could be something big like um, going after your dream and having a radio show like you. But I think everyone does small, bold acts of courage every day that shouldn't be overlooked. I think standing up to your teenager and setting um, boundaries is bold. And I think um, waking your husband up in the middle of the night if you have a baby saying it's your turn is bold. So <laughs> you determine what's bold for you. But it's any time you, you have the courage to speak your truth or, 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 or you just need to do what you need to do for yourself and you know what you need to do and you have some fear, but you're determined to find it. And I don't think... Um, it has to be a big action. I think small steps, um, penguin steps are enough. You just have to keep taking one after the other. So I don't define bold where it sounds unreachable to too many people. You know, everyone's bold. I love that way of thinking about what the word means because it suggests to me that even someone who feels scared of everything, and I know I felt that way in my life, and I talk to people who feel that way, even someone who feels scared of everything, like going outside to get the mail or telling someone that they don't want to be with them anymore, can still take small, bold actions. Absolutely. And I think that all, well, this is just my own personal opinion, of course. It's not like I'm always right. But what I think is that all real change is small, it's slow. Because, um, you know, it's kind of like the old thing on how we don't keep all off the way if we lose it too fast because we can't sustain it. But if you can take baby steps and build a foundation, well, that's going to create real change. Nobody's going to be able to blow your bowl down. Well, and that's more attainable. Sometimes people may listen, may may see your work at uh, your blog, The Bold Life, if they check you out at theboldlife.com, and they might go, yeah, this is too, it's too big for me. I don't, I really, I don't have anything to be bold about. Maybe everything's fine, but I'm hearing you say that boldness sneaks into everybody's life in little ways. Yeah, absolutely. You know, boldness is being patient when you want to give the driver in traffic the finger. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so instead of giving the finger you would think would be bold, I think bold could be holding back. Mm-hmm. And so bold isn't maybe um, obnoxious or, or crass or, or, or pushing yourself over everyone else. It can also be about restraint? You know, that's absolutely right. In too many people think that somebody more extroverted is has more courage and um I don't believe that's true. I think that um I think that it's as difficult as somebody like me that's, you know, easy to speak up and all that. It's just as difficult for me to hold back my energy, pull it in and rein it in and use it to my advantage as it is for somebody else to move forward and put their energy out there. So I think that people need to be careful not to compare themselves to extroverts or, you know, people that are big and big energy because there's no need to compare our bold. We just all need to do our own bold personal life, and that's just unique to us. Tess, what do you think? Does that make sense? 
It does make it does make sense, and now I'm and now I'm wondering. So I'm going to ask you something personal. What do you think is the biggest fear that you've overcome? What's the biggest way that you've stepped into your bold, and how did you how did you do it? Okay, I'm thinking. Um, okay, the biggest bold I've ever done is okay. So I have all these kids, and my life was insane, and I wanted to make it work, and had no idea. So our, our marriage was insane. Our, our house was out of control. And I found somebody one day, um, a friend of a friend, and I said, I don't know what to do, and I really need some help. And I just quickly explained the situation, and she said, oh, I have this friend that's a therapist. And I think that you and your husband need to go see the therapist. And so I was so desperate. And see, again, this comes from within. This comes from your desire to want more and to do better. Um, that I went home and I said to my husband, you know, Regina thinks that we need a therapist and I think this is going to be life-changing and I need to know if you're in or if you're out. And he looked at me and he said he was in. And wow. so this was in the mid-80s and, you know, uh, we're probably around 27, so I'd say we've been together nine years, eight, nine years. And um, we lived out in the country. And we drove to the city. It took us 45 minutes to get to the therapist's office. We didn't have insurance. We paid out of pocket $50. We hired a babysitter, and we did that for six months. And that changed the energy in our home. And he told us two things to do that quickly helped it happen, and one was to slow down our pace, and the other one was to communicate only when we're looking at each other, all six of us. So talking in between walls, not turning your back and walking out of the room. And like I said, we were desperate. We were miserable. And we, we, the one thing we had in common is we both wanted to make it work. And we would go there and we'd get our homework and we'd come home every week and we would do what he said. And um, so I would say that was bold. I would say that was bold for us to go in there together and, and say I need, we need help. And to say how, you know, desperate we were and then be so determined to... To make it work and so after six months um my husband we didn't need to come as a couple but i wanted to work out childhood stuff so i continued and then as the girls grew we found a, a female therapist and we told them that um at any time if they needed help um they were welcome to go as well and we would there would be no questions asked and all, all not all four of the children chose to go three out of the four went at certain times you know but I would have to say that would be the biggest, boldest thing. And so we've been married 41 years. Oh, my goodness. 41 years. I know. <laughs> and I think it's because we did that groundwork. And, and, you know, therapy, traditional therapy, isn't for everyone. I don't want everybody to think they have to do it a certain way. But you, you, everybody can be intuitively guided to what they need personally to move them ahead, and when we do it, we get results. And that that probably would be, you know, the, the biggest thing, the boldest thing, and the thing that um, I'm most proud of, probably. And I think the bold, it, it isn't just that you were bold enough to go and, you know, pay the $50, which is a lot of money, and drive the 45 minutes, which is a lot of gas, and take and get the babysitter for the kids, which takes a lot of trust. You didn't just do that once. You then came home and were brave enough to do the homework that they that, that the therapist had asked you to do and to keep it up 
um, and keep going and keep going. That's amazing. Yeah, well, like I said, I don't know. You know, it's so funny because he saw me when I was 13. I wasn't even interested in boys. He's older than me, and he said he knew when he saw me that he was going to marry me someday. So, you know, when I drive him absolutely crazy, which I still do, I'll look at him and I'll say, well, God sent you to me because I truly wasn't looking. <laughs> <laughs> so and clearly he's working. I seriously believe that because I did not look. I was not looking, and I did not want to get serious. He did. But don't get me wrong. We have no regrets, and our children are wonderful. And they're our friends now. Um, and, and we have three beautiful grandchildren. So, so you know, I, I guess what I want to say to any listeners is whatever it is that you have a deep desire for, just take those baby steps forward and don't quit. Just dig in. For people who are afraid, for, for someone who listening who might say, oh, Tess, it's easy for you to say that. You're clearly, you're brave. You did all these things and you were the five-year-old running the produce market or whatever it was, right? You've done all these things. It's easy for you. What would you say to someone who's, who's afraid to even look to see what feels right to them? Who's afraid to even start this? Um, well, I would say that, um, to get brave enough to share it with one person that would support them, whether that would be a friend, a family member, a neighbor, a coworker, could be anybody. And I would share with one person that I could trust and that I would and that I know would want to help me. And what you would do then, right then and there, is you would take you would take one step, small step forward. By sharing, and then you're going to get a little person, a little support from that one person, and you'll probably get some insight and wisdom. And I still think that you know, you take that one step, that step's going to need to lead to another. And I think that give yourself permission to go at your own pace. We aren't in a hurry anywhere, you know. I think that we all have things that we need to do on this earth, and we get caught up in our ego on. Um, on how long this is going to take and where I should be and all that nonsense. We just need to do small steps of courage with with um, love, I guess, with great love. I mean, I don't think that when I was that young that I had this love for myself, but I had it for my family. I had it for my kids. I had it for my husband. And then the second driving force was I wanted to prove my dad wrong. I, you know, he just didn't think I was going to make it. You know, I made a bad mistake blah, 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 and, I, you know, I would just, you know, have that attitude, well, I'll show you. I'm not saying that that's a good attitude. That might have been a good enough attitude to get me going, but that's not a good attitude to have all your way through. It's not going to take you the distance you need to go, but it certainly inspired me. So, again, I can't emphasize enough penguin steps. And you know what's fun to do if you don't um, have the courage to do basically very much at all is go watch that movie the march of the penguins and they take penguin steps and they go those long distances you know and they and and they take turns leading and they huddle they do all kinds of things that us humans need to do to bring each to march forward and so i think that if you can find a couple of people or a small community a support group um, I think that that will help. And don't get me wrong, it's not like we never had problems after that. You know, 
we come up, uh, you know, we have roadblocks all the time. The other thing I did was I was saying that I got into the Course in Miracles early is because I was so young. Everybody else my age was in school or they had careers. And so I found a group, and that's probably how I got most of my older friends, but that group supported me. I could come in there and tell them anything. And it was only like a small group of 10. And then when it really got hard, i go to the Monday group and the Wednesday group. So I think um, the desire and then the commitment to the work. But don't get me wrong. It's not all work. Courage can be fun. I mean, you reap big rewards. How did right? you, I, th- I think that one of the rewards that, that you, find, yes, in my life, that's absolutely true. When I said yes to my life, instead of running away from it <laughs> in a kind of a clumsy, yeah. not very successful way, um, when I stopped running away and said yes, everything changed for me. And did it become easy? No, but it certainly made a lot more sense. Um, once, once I said yes. And so maybe that is one of the rewards of boldness, not that everything magically becomes easy, but that for me, I have a much clearer idea of where I am and where I want to be. And you're not fighting yourself. You're not fighting your journey. And so your, your misery goes away and you replace that with more contentment. And, you know, peace. And it's so funny because um, now the girls are all um, in their late 30s and the oldest one is 40. And um, what's really funny is one of them works for the airline. And because she works for the airlines, we can all, myself and my husband, we can both fly free anywhere that that airline flies. And I think, this is payback. (laughs) And then my other two daughters both work for an athletic company. And I'm a runner. And so I have all the shoes I can ever imagine having. I have to give them away because I can't keep them all. I can't use them all. And so I think there's other rewards. You're rewarded back. You're paid back by the universe, by karma, by whatever. So I think to overcome the fear is get ready for the reward. And those little rewards help encourage you to take the next I love that you're saying penguin step to take the next penguin step yes yes and um yes that's all I can say is um we can all take that mm-hmm. absolutely now you're listening to the Dr. Pat show and I'm Karen Hager sitting in for Dr. Pat my guest on the show today is Tess Marshall she writes a wonderful blog called The Bold Life and you can find out about Tess and her work at theboldlife.com we're getting ready to go into a break at the bottom of the hour when we come back after this break I'm going to ask Tess about the 13 habits of fearless people I'm going to ask her about how we can become bold even when the economy is so bad and I'll probably crack some more jokes with her too just because I like laughing with her (laughs) you're listening to the Dr. Pat show I'm Karen Hager and we'll be right back after this having trouble keeping up with the accelerated life-altering changes occurring on the planet the quantum vortex is the brainchild of Meg Benedicte a pioneer in quantum healing and energetic activations Weaving together ancient spiritual knowledge, quantum physics, and vibrational healing, Meg Benedicte is accelerating change at the cellular level. For more details on private sessions, meditation CDs, downloads, and teleseminars, visit NewEarthCentral.com. 
Are you a health-conscious, spiritual woman who is just tired of struggling with food obsession, emotional eating, and constantly having to struggle with weight and food? You aren't alone. The secret is within us, often in releasing internal resistance and blocks to our own success. To learn how to end the war with food and your body now and find peace, go to eatlikeagoddess.com for your free audio. Break free from food obsession and lose weight without trying. That is eatlikeagoddess.com. It's easy to say you never do that. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Stephan each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Questions in consciousness. People just like you who want to shift and change what isn't working for them. Who want to shift and change what isn't working on the planet. Questions. That's about shifting and changing whatever isn't working for you. Consciousness includes everything and judges nothing. Questions in consciousness. A telecall with like-minded people from all around the world, which gives you the place and space to ask what isn't working for you. For more information, go to questionsinconsciousness.net. That's questionsinconsciousness.net. Tune in each Wednesday at noon Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com for the hit show Out of the Fog with Karen Hager. Spark your spirit and ignite your soul with spiritual conversation and enlightening guests that'll help catapult you into action. You'll meet metaphysical movers and shakers and lightworkers guaranteed to raise your vibration. Karen's down-to-earth style and lively curiosity is what makes this show super special. Visit FogCityPsychic.com to find out more and to book your private intuitive reading today. Are you looking for positive answers to tough questions in your personal and professional life? On Purpose Radio with Karen Florence is a riveting show that will help you reveal your own truth and begin to live the life you've always wanted. Karen's dynamic approach to coaching people in all areas of their lives has made her one of the most sought-after coaches today. Tune in each Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific and 10 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit OnPurposeRadio.com. Want to know what the best-kept secret in Access Consciousness is? It's the Access Gold Club. Demanding more change and the latest and greatest, but can't always get to all the classes you desire? Let Gary and Dane come to you. Join the Gold Club, and each month you'll receive a 60-minute live call, a weekly email on the month's theme containing the latest clearings in written form, and an MP3 loop. Twice a month, receive a brand new video with Gary and Dane. How does it get any better than this? In addition to receiving a CD format of the monthly call mailed to you, you'll also enjoy a surprise bonus gift. Be in on the secret. Join today at www.isnowthetime.com slash special dash tips. Well, 
Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm Karen Hager sitting in for Dr. Pat today, and my guest on the show is Tess Marshall. She is an author, a courage coach, a fear-shattering risk-taker. Ooh, I love it. And we've been talking about overcoming fear, about what it means to be bold, about how you can take small steps, what Tess calls penguin steps, to move forward and get yourself to where you want to be. Tess, welcome back. Thanks, Karen. Can you let the listeners know how they can connect with you and your blog? I love your blog, by the way. Can you point people in there in that direction? Oh, sure I can. Well, you can find me at theboldlife.com. And if you want to know um, about my upcoming e-course, 30 Days of Bold, you can sign up um, for the Bold Life Toolkit and get um, an ebook, How to Be Bold, some other tools, and you'll get updates. Update. And so you can find out about the newer e-course in a couple weeks. It will be coming out now. What I have available now, if you're interested, is an e-course called Take Your Fear and Shove It, a step-by-step guide to play bold, uh, to be bold, play big, and shine bright. And it's the best thing that you can do um, other than um, um, get courage coaching from me. Um, it would be a good place to begin, either one of those, signing up for the toolkit in the newsletter or um, getting that e-course, e- take your fear and shove it. Um, I've gotten a lot of good feedback on it, and um, I just invite you over to come on over and find out how to overcome all that fear so we can all get on with our dreams and our lives and um, putting good use to our gifts and talents and helping everyone heal the world, because I think that's how we're going to heal it. We're all going to become our best selves and our bravest selves, and we're going to have a big effect. So come on over. (laughs) I love the title. Take your fear and shove it. That's a very bold title. Do you think all fear is bad? You know, there's a way of looking at this where like fear is the enemy and we fight it. So is all fear bad or does fear serve a purpose? I don't think any fear is bad. Um, I think um, it's an illusion. We make it up. Most of the fear we probably 95% of the fear we make up in our head about our future. Um, the other fear is like if somebody's drunk driving or texting while they're driving, I'm going to have a valid reason to be afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to get out of the way. Or, um, or I would report a drunk driver. Um, however, when I'm afraid to... Um, when I'm afraid to make a phone call or when I'm afraid to... Um, to, to put myself up there, to give my opinion. Um, those are fears that are not valid. That there's nothing to be afraid of. There's no ghost in the closet and there's no monster under our bed anymore. And so I don't think fear, I think to call it bad isn't good because I think that we need to embrace and acknowledge our fear. And everybody's afraid, everybody. I was telling Karen that I signed up for a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours. She was having um, a dream shop, and um, I joined. I joined because I'm afraid. I've got a new plan, and I just can't bring myself to do it. So I'm not going to sit around 
sit around filling my head with these illusions. I've got to get over myself. And again, so what I did is I found myself some support. So again, um, acknowledge your fear. Journal about your fear. I love to journal about my fear. Um, you give it out on the paper, and it immediately loses its power. I don't journal online. I do it by hand. Um, so there are so many small things that you yourself can do to weaken your fear and to move beyond it. And, again, if you've got big things you want to do or if you're so afraid you can't take a small step, uh, there's always help available. There's my blog. There's plenty of other blogs on fear and overcoming fear. There's books. There's e-books. There's courses. There's just no reason to be afraid. And don't feel bad because, again, like I said, we're all afraid. Maybe the Dalai Lama is not afraid. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but the rest of us are still walking around with some fears every day. Absolutely. A big part of of, of my teaching test, what I try to help people do is, I, I believe, I don't know what you think about this, I believe that there are only two ways to respond to anything. You can respond in fear or you can respond in love. And so I try in my work to help move people from that fear response into a more loving way of dealing with whatever it is that life is throwing at them, whatever they're creating for themselves. And Absolutely. I, I agree 100%. I think that there's only two emotions, fear and love, and mm -hmm. all those other emotions fit under one or the other. You know, like if we're happy or content or um, excited, that would go under love. And if we're sad or if we're... Um, angry will both go under fear so no i absolutely love what you teach uh you know i had now I'll, i asked you something personal i'll share something personal with you i do a, a radio show every wednesday on transformation talk radio and the mighty wblq out of new england and i was getting ready for the show today and i'm i'm so used to doing the show that i may have left it a little late to slide in and set up my microphone and everything and i went to set up my microphone and it wasn't working the computer wasn't recognizing the microphone and i could see the clock ticking down and i was getting closer and closer to the time when the studio was going to call me and the microphone didn't work and if I didn't have the microphone I couldn't do the show and if I couldn't do the show everybody was going to be mad and then they'd think I did a bad job and I got so into my own I got so into my own fear and my anger at not making this thing work that I pretty literally turned into a crazy person. My partner was here trying to help me. I'm ah, at going all, going all crazy. And the truth was my reacting to the situation in fear, it didn't help it. It made it worse. When I was able to calm down, I could get an alternative set up and we, the show got on the air and everything was fine. But my fear amped up my energy to a place where I was just, I'm, I really hope there's no secret video of that somewhere because I was a really unattractive nutcase because of my fear. <laughs> See, I can so relate. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really um, because it was because of the pressure of time because I could see the seconds ticking down. It was the pressure of time and it was my own inability to make something. Ha I, I didn't have control over this thing that was broken. That's a good point. We, we usually are our fearful selves when we don't have control. Um, and I mean, who can't relate to that? Um, probably people might, that might withdraw out of fear rather than go forward and be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was, yeah. 
There was profanity. And, and so and what you probably did was you stopped your breathing and you were breathing shallow, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so one thing that we all can remember is when we get ourselves all in an uproar is just to breathe, just to breathe. But once we're in that, once we're spinning out of control, it's usually hard to catch our breath. <laughs> I I think what helped me was that I, I caught a glimpse of my partner standing there and and she was looking at me like, this is interesting. I should maybe call the men with the nets because clearly I'd gone around the bend. And it's sometimes I think when there are, when we are not aware of hmm, pressure mounting, when we're not aware of a buildup of things that make us anxious, because maybe it wasn't really the microphone. Maybe it was also the things that I'd been working on before that and thinking about what I had to do after that. And now I'm in a place where the time is ticking down and suddenly I am powerless. It, it all, when we're not aware of the little things, penguin steps, when we're not aware of the little things, sometimes it can build and build and come out in a really big, um, embarrassing, unattractive way. Yes, yes. Um, and, you know, I was just thinking about that personality, that, that my personality would be that way. Well, do you think Eckhart Tolle, when he gets afraid, I can't imagine him going that way. What do you think happens with him? <laughs> I think he probably... You know, he's got that quiet, gentle... How do quiet, gentle people show fear? I wonder if quiet, gentle people may show their fear by being more quiet, by by swallowing. I da- I'm not sure that's what Eckhart Tolle does, but a quiet, gentle person might maybe swallow their fear. I work sometimes with people, and you in your work as a courage coach, I bet you see this too. I work sometimes with people who have been conditioned to believe that any time they do anything, anything they say, it's a mistake. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and it's better not to do or say anything because otherwise they're just going to mess it up. Yeah, yeah. And I only brought him up because he's so quiet and gentle. I couldn't think of a more quiet, gentle person. <laughs> yeah, you're not thinking <laughs> of me now. Quiet, gentle. <laughs> uh, and I, th- I think that some people, their fear holds them back in a way that where after a while it it can really make you believe that you are powerless um i was working with someone this is a few years ago who contacted me for to talk through another issue and as we talked it became clear that she was in a marriage situation where there was emotional abuse going on and it was quite a lot And when I would try to talk to her about stepping out, she was more afraid of what it would be like to not be in that situation, right? She was more afraid of the things she didn't know than the thing that she knew. Um, Happily, fast forward, everything's fine, and she was able to leave that situation, and everyone's safe, and the kids are safe, and she's fine. But in that moment, the fear told her, it was better to stay with the thing that she knew, even if it was not good, than to step into something she didn't know. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, and that is scary. I mean, that's scary. And I think that for someone who, that might be where journaling would come in really, um, you know, because if they, if they um, have a hard time voice bringing, you know, talking because, 
they do think everything's a mistake, or, and they think they don't deserve to be seen and heard. That in their journal they could let loose, mm-hmm. maybe, just an idea. But yeah, I, 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 it's just, it's just like I said, it's just, it's not the easiest thing for anybody. And again, those small steps, those small, small steps, and in, consistent. In your work as a courage coach, Tess, what are, what kinds of things, in get people to to work with you? What kinds of issues, what kinds of concerns bring people to one-on-one work with you? Um, it could be something like they're unmotivated and they have deadlines hanging over their head. It could be um, they want to leave a relationship. They don't know how. Um, and it could be forced learning how to voice their own opinion and feeling worthy and loving. It could be absolutely anything. I mean, we all have, you know, we all have fears that are common. Um, like like we, well, we probably all fear death or something close to us. We, we are afraid that, um, you know, we might be afraid of our health. We might be afraid of not being loved. We might be afraid of feeling inadequate. Universal fear. So I think it's the same fear. It's just a different situation. Ah. That's interesting. Do you think that that all fears have a common base, uh, have a common root stem from a common place? Well, probably just that illusion that we make it all up. Hmm. You know, that it's our smaller self or our ego self or whatever, that, that voice in our head that we fight, that story that we tell ourselves. I mean, you know, Byron Katie's work, yeah. how... All those stories, I mean, that's another thing that somebody could do is they could put those stories in their journal, you know, get them out of their head and put them on the paper, you know, and they they, they lose their power. So, yes. oh, man, I think of that all fear is a story. So that's that's probably even a, um, a better understanding of it for a lot of people than the illusion thing. When I look at what's on the news... Um, when I look at kind of what's in the newspaper, at what, at the things that we, the noise that we surround ourselves with, um, and especially when a big world event comes up that, that can increase our sense of fear, how can people deal with that, with that noise, with that very fear-based, uh, kind of this cacophony of bad stuff that seems like it's around us in our everyday lives? Um, well, some of it we can't help. We're going to hear about it, but I think that I think that we need to shut it out. I think that um, I don't think that we have to listen to the negative media in any form. That it's a choice. And when my clients say they need to know what's going on, well, they will know what's going on. Somebody will tell you when you're getting your hair done, <laughs> when you're in line at the grocery store. You can see the tabloids, but your or the newspaper, the the first page. I don't think that we have to listen to it. I don't think that we need to fill our lives with it. That doesn't mean that we're not responsible to make things better um, in our world, but I think part of all that media is set up to, to make us afraid, to keep us afraid. When we're afraid, we're more controllable. Um, so I would eliminate as much as I possibly could. And if you if you can't imagine yourself um, not having any kind of negative media, do it a little bit at a time. 
um, I won't go to violent movies. I, I don't want that stuff in my head. I don't want those images in my head, even if, I mean, that's not fun for me. You know what I mean? I do. And so sometimes we forget that we have a choice um, on what we see and what we hear and what we read. And so I think a lot of that can bring down our fear. Um, and with the economy, there's so much that is unknown but really isn't everything anyway. Like, there's a possibility that, you know, my daughters or my son-in-laws could lose their job. But even if the economy wasn't the way it is, there's still probably a possibility. I think that for myself, when I get fearful or get in the lack or not enough, um, I stick to my budget. I mean, it might not be what everybody would do, but if it makes me feel safe, I, I cut up cut out recreational shopping a few years ago. I don't have any need for it. You know what I mean? It helped me feel safe. I mean, it, it, you know what I mean? I mean, everybody can quit things for their own reason, but I didn't. I thought recreational shopping was fun. I hate to admit it. <laughs> but after the economy took a nosedive, I thought, well, this isn't any fun. I'm going to feel afraid if I spend my money. And don't get me wrong, I still spend my money. I don't spend it foolishly. But what I do, I guess what I'm trying to say is, I do the things that I have control over. I have control over um, not going into debt. I have control over quieting my mind and meditating or reading spiritual information. You know what I mean? That Those are the things that can quiet our mind and help us through any storm, whether it's the economy or an earthquake, you know? And so what I, when I get afraid, I step up my spiritual principles. And there's another, that adds another layer to that definition of bold. Bold doesn't mean, I'm thinking of, you know, me going to the violent movie and maybe trying to tough it out like that would be bold. No, the bold person says, I don't need to have those images in my head. I'm going to do something else. The bold person doesn't try to pretend there's no worries about the economy or no worries or, uh, you know, about losing the job or not having enough. It's bold to take those practical steps to do what you need to do to keep yourself safe, to acknowledge where you are and do the things that keep you on an even keel. Yes, and it also reminds us that nobody else is to blame. We all have our part to play in um, in the in the world. We all have our part into, uh, uh, you know, we're projecting. If we want to get mad at the president or whoever, that they're just mirroring. They're just being my mirror. And I need to take that within and think, okay, how do I need to make myself feel safe? And what am I doing that's bringing up all this fear for me? And so when we take responsibility and control what we can, we don't even feel a need anymore to blame anybody else because we know we can make ourselves feel safe. And nobody can take away my peace of mind unless I give it to them. Oh, wow. Nobody can take away your peace of mind unless you give it to them. That's, that's huge right there. Right. And that's responsibility. That's bold. <laughs> that's big. <laughs> you wrote a wonderful blog post. This is up at theboldlife.com and it's right there on the, on the homepage. 13 things that fearless people do differently. Can you just share a little bit of that? What is it like to be a fearless person? What does a fearless person do differently? Um, 
Well, when when I say fearless, of course, we don't mean that you don't have fear. We mean that you act in spite of your fear. That And the biggest thing that you can do um, when you are afraid is you have to take that action. And so let's just say you're afraid to, you're in sales and you're afraid to make a phone call. Well, you're, a fearless person is going to figure out a way to make that phone call. And if you're afraid because you lost your job, what kind of actions can you take? That's fearless. Fearless is in spite of whatever the issue is that you're going to figure out a way and take action. And that's the only way you're going to get to the other side of freedom. Mm-hmm. And what I love about Louise Hay is that she teaches that, um, that we only need to think, speak, act, and feel positive. And so the more we can control our thoughts, listen to our inner chatter, you know, we're, we're not going to go to violent movies, and we're not going to hang out with negative people, and our, and our words are going to be softer and more loving. And, and if we live calmly and peacefully, well, then we're going to take loving actions. And if we can bring up love, feel loving, well, geez, wouldn't, wouldn't that solve all of our problems today? Yes. Yes. Um, I love Louise Hay. I've always loved her. And um, she came out with a book with Cheryl Richardson, and I practically memorized it last summer. And it's You Can Create an Exceptional Life. And um, it's just so basic. But, you know, um, my daughter commented to me today that I just make everything sound so easy. And um, and I wrote back on Facebook, no, I, it's simple. It's not easy. And um, we complicate our lives. And if we peel away the layers of baloney, um, life can be a lot um, more simple. And the other thing is Jack Canfield says that um, life might be hard, but you don't have to struggle. And so if we um, have it together on the inside, if we take care of our our bold selves by going within, Life might get hard, and we might lose a job, or we might lose our money, or tragedy happens to everyone. We don't have to struggle. It might be difficult, but struggling is a choice. And the biggest thing that you can do, again, is reach out for that support. It's, it's, it's community. Wonderful. And does just, that make sense? It does. And the other part, I'm, I'm looking at this blog post and, I, blog post and seeing the part in here about don't be afraid to go against the grain. And that goes with that. Even if you have a pattern of always reacting in a certain way, even if you have a pattern of responding in fear, try to do the opposite. One of my favorite episodes of Seinfeld, now you'll know how old I am. One of my favorite episodes of Seinfeld is the one where George realizes that things go much better for him when he does the opposite of what his first instinct is. Right. And yeah, I think, and for me, that's a big part of turning around when I'm afraid, when I get into that pattern of fear, I try to think of how I can sort of do, do the opposite. How can I change it up? That's right? really good. That's really good advice. Um, and that is big to go, uh, you know, I can remember when I was young and I was going to tell one of my friends about another friend. And so basically it was gossip. And she said to me, I don't know anything about that, period, silence. Mm. And I took that and ran with it. (laughs) 
You know, <laughs> any time that I was tempted to join in or somebody tempted me to join in with them, I remembered what Kay said. I'll say, I don't know anything about that, and then pause. And so it's certain things like what you heard on Seinfeld and that, that resonates with us at, at our soul level that we can, you know, take, run with, and apply it forever. I love those moments. Wonderful. Tess, I have loved sharing these moments with you. Thank you so much for being on the show. What a great pleasure to get to know you and find out a little bit about your work. Thank you. Yes, and th- thank you so much for having me. I, You know, I I just love this. And um, I, it's an honor to be on your radio show. So thank you, thank you. You are very, very welcome. Thank you so much. That is Tess Marshall, author, courage coach. Go read her blog. Check out the Take Your Fear and Shove It e-course. Get that free Bold Life toolkit. You can get all that at theboldlife.com. Now, that's about all the time that we have for today. Check out Tess's site at theboldlife.com. And since you're on the Internet anyway, right, head over to fogcitypsychic.com and click on everything. I do an online gallery reading every month. That is so much fun. If you maybe want to connect with other people who are interested in all this intuitive stuff and you want to get a question answered at the same time, fogcitypsychic.com. Click on the link there for the online gallery reading. We'll be doing that on Friday the 31st of May. Now, Next week at this time, I will be filling in for Dr. Pat again, so I will meet you right back here for a great interview with Richard Moss. He's known as the maestro of deep work for essential change, and I cannot wait to talk with him. Thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you Peace. It's stepping down your soapboxes, way too high overgrown. But you can barely see the ground. Touch the sky, your high horse Has taken off and left you Nowhere to be found Better off dead Or so you said, but don't worry We all fall down somehow Oh, someday, not somehow Not me Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one. Transformation Talk Radio. Transformation Talk Radio. A higher consciousness perspective. The hosts on Transformation Talk Radio offer a positive and new paradigm shift, a new vision for a collective future. They are empowering and helping all of us experience a powerful wave of personal shifts and cultural change as we break through to even greater levels of awareness. Take down our toll-free number, 1-800-930-2819. 
Call in, connect, make sure you tap into some of the world's most empowering psychics, healers, and more. Get an on-air reading with the best. Tune in, TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, everybody, we'll see you there. We are living in a time of great challenges and greater opportunity for transformation. The good news is that public awareness of the need for change is also growing exponentially. More than ever, your transformative message is needed to empower millions across the globe. Hi, I'm Dr. Pat, host of The Dr. Pat Show, and I'm excited about announcing an unprecedented opportunity for growth as we expand our broadcast by launching Transformation Talk Radio and the Transformation Network. Join me and a team of amazing people and host your own show on Transformation Talk Radio. Get ready to expand your horizons, tap into the best listeners anywhere, and join one of the most positive and expansive networks today. Historically, there came a time when the boundary of water was transcended as man developed the boat and the barriers of water became freeways. Join Dr. Pat as she launches this exciting venture. To host a show, call 1-800-930-2819 or email host at transformationtalkradio.com. Are you a health-conscious, spiritual woman who is just tired of struggling with food obsession, emotional eating, and constantly having to struggle with weight and food? You aren't alone. The secret is within us, often in releasing internal resistance and blocks to our own success. To learn how to end the war with food and your body now and find peace, go to eatlikeagoddess.com for your free audio. Break free from food obsession and lose weight without trying. That is eatlikeagoddess.com. Are you frustrated by what's happening for you around sex and relationships? Do you long for something different without knowing how to create it? Susan Lazar Hart of Right Relationship For You provides a fresh point of view and practical tools in a light, fun, funny, irreverent, and ultimately life-changing way. Get ready for a new possibility. Visit us at rightrelationshipforyou.com. That's rightrelationshipforyou.com. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Our hosts are setting a new standard for a fresh kind of talk radio, creating conversations that are transforming the world, one listener at a time. Transformation Talk Radio's mission is to broadcast a distinct blend of live talk radio interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, educational and practical information. Topics range from personal development to critical issues relevant to a rapidly changing world. Stay tuned. Transformation Talk Radio starts at the top of every hour. 